Good morning, John. Good morning, Sean. So today we're going to think about maybe the most controversial uh, claim that you've made, although we haven't made it publicly yet, right. but, but you made it uh, shortly after our episode last week. We were on the phone and we were talking about uh, what to do next. And, and you came up with this claim, and, and it sort of built upon uh, an idea that I think we discussed, and we can uh, link to the allegory of the train. So uh, do you want to take it away right now, or should we set it up a little bit? I guess I can just state the claim, you know, to, to spice up okay. the conversation a bit. and then yeah, But then I'll also say, that, so yeah. people don't just immediately shut off this episode once they hear it. That uh, it'll require a lot of explaining <laughs> <laughs> for you to properly right, understand yes. it. Yeah. And it does build, or it, it um, explaining the claim will benefit from the allegory of the the path of learning, which we can also we also call the allegory of the train or the path, which we explained in the last episode. So uh, if anyone skipped that one, we encourage you to to listen to it. Um, and so here's the yeah here's my statement. My what I said is probably my most controversial statement on education. The harder the teacher works, the less the students learn. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. yeah. Is that is that controversial? Yeah, I loved yeah. it. As soon as you said it, I loved is it. it. Provocative? And I immediately thought of it's provocative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I I was like that'll that'll get the downloads because <laughs> that's what I'm after. Yeah. Uh, and not interested right. in a paradigm shift in education or anything, but no, I love it. it right. It's exactly what uh, I think needs to start a lot of conversations. Right, and like for me, in the context of of being in education, working at a school, uh, being a teacher, one thing, the reason why this this is so provocative is because one thing teachers hear all the time when they're being appreciated is uh, "Thanks for all your hard work." Uh, yeah. You know, this yeah. is a refrain that, and I say it myself, you know, so I'm not telling people not to say that or, you know, criticizing people who say that. But um, the our image of the teacher, of the good teacher, great teacher, uh, is, is one who's uh, killing themselves practically, right, with, yes. with their dedication to planning, teaching in the classroom, grading. Uh, and, you know, doing, doing basically, you know, far more work than, you know, a normal, uh, work day. And, uh, it's kind of expected and teachers themselves understand that teaching is, you know, involves all of these things. Right. And we, we did a movie review of Stand and Deliver, which is about, uh, you know, fictional, fictionalized account of, uh, the story of Jaime Escalante, the teacher. And he's, like if you watch that movie, you'd really see, you know, like a hardworking teacher, <laughs> for sure, right? right. Even yeah. you know, it leads to him having, I think, a heart attack. Was that what happened? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he has to go to the hospital, right? Because he works so hard right. and he collapses. Um, now, I'm not saying that you know teaching shouldn't be hard work and teachers shouldn't work hard and things like that. But there is a particular way in which teachers um, it has become normal. <clears throat> it's become normal and, and expected for school teachers in particular to work uh, and that it's very hard and it's a great burden on the teachers uh, that I think when the more of that that they do or like when the system, the situation is set up for them to to take on that, that burden, that um, labor, 
it's actually detrimental to the learning of the students. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah, that and that's the interesting that's the interesting bit. And uh, can I can I say sort of how we? I don't know if this is exactly how we got here, but uh, but I was uh, pondering right the type of person that goes into teaching uh, and uh, and some of the tension between um, what teachers want for the students because they're caring people right. and what the demands upon the teacher are right. uh, because they expect these productive citizens. Right. And uh, and it really like has put many teachers in this uncomfortable position of being like, uh, you know, people it's pretty common for people to be like, oh, teachers are underpaid or whatever. Uh, and <laughs> which I don't know. It's sort of uh, it was, there's a big part of me that 100 percent agrees with that. But there's an even bigger part of me that says you don't really think that because teachers are still underpaid. But <laughs> right. uh yeah, if it's if it's such a democratic thing, uh, no, you're you're pointing out that it's easy to exploit teachers right. is what you're doing. Right. <laughs> that's that's all you're saying when you say that. But uh, but yeah, it's like uh, you're in this uncomfortable position because these are people who care about young people for the most part, right? Yeah. Who are in it for for good reasons, and then they have this pressure on them to uh, create basically to create a product. That's how I'll say right. it. Yeah. And. Um, uh, and, and and I think the anal- the uh, the allegory uh, is helpful because it immediately points to the problem of student motivation, right. um, which is is uh, is taking is taken away in a lot of times in our school system. Right. Uh, student motivation to learn. Right, and it has to be replaced. Right, with and it has to be yeah. replaced. And who's going right. to be the one to to deliver that? You know. That energy and that uh, motivation is is the teacher, and this is I, I like that you bring up the exploitation of teacher labor because um, teachers, because they are driven by their their passion and their care uh, and their their interest and concern for young people, um, are willing to to take on more and more responsibilities, um, to perform more and more tasks. In order to 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 be able to stay in that that position, you know, of doing that job that they that they love, right? And um, right, you know, you could you could think like going back to the the common phrase, "Thank you for your hard work," you know, which is said to teachers. I, it occurred to me once that why don't we thank teachers for their expertise? Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yes. you know, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Now, and I think there's a reason why. I, I think when, when people, when non-teachers and teachers, when they look at teaching and they, they think about, like, what is the hardest thing about this? I don't think it, it's, you know, they feel like it's very difficult to be, you know, an expert in something. Necess- you know, not any more than, than another profession, right, where you have to develop your knowledge and your skills. And, um, and even, like, I guess with teaching, you would add on the ability to um, communicate those effectively to others, right? And guide them in, in yeah. their uh, acquiring yeah. of those things. But what, what people see when they look at, at school teachers is they see, you know, this difficult task of controlling young people, you know, uh, motivate, right. you know, getting them to do stuff that they don't want to do, basically. <laughs> right, because they imagine themselves in that position right. and they're like, oh, yeah. Right. Young people 
are hard to control. Right. And they remember themselves in school as students and <laughs> yes, yeah, so many and and everyone mythologizes themselves as the worst student, right. you know, who ever went through whatever school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or they saw they remember it's sort of a it's sort of a weird heroic competition <laughs> of how like, oh, I was so bad, I can't, you know, I can't imagine how it must be. And it's like actually none of y'all are that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and then the old yeah. the thank you for putting up with me. You know, <laughs> right, right? Yeah, yeah. No, and I mean, and like, and part of me is like, uh, yes, it's it's nice and kind of you yeah. to say that because you realize you were maybe a bit of a pill. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, no, that's like that's why that's why I think that's why the best teachers are there. It's, it's, you're there to you're there to interact with young people right. and see what they need and, right. and help them along. Right. Not not for some easy like. <laughs> docile uh, uh, trainee who will just like do whatever right uh, get to the other side I mean I guess that's some people's idea of education but right that's more of a system idea of education whereas every student's so individual right yeah So. so I would say like setting up school like in a way where you um you know, and I don't mean to go to extremes here, but let's say, you know, like we've always discussed in, in, in this podcast, there's um, some balance or some, you know, um, uh, a, a scale where, where like when you weight one side, you know, the other side has to be necessarily lighter. That in terms of what choices the students have and, and what ability they have to control what they do and, you know, uh, whether that can be based on what they're interested in or what they're curious about. And, you know, that whole discussion. So the more of that you take away from the students, then uh, I think it's it's obvious, you know, uh, but, you know, I guess people could disagree with this, the less intrinsic motivation they're going to have, right? So the more you you, syst- yeah. you standardize, the more you prescribe uh, the pacing, the, the content, um, the whole path of learning, right? Like in our in our allegory, when it becomes a train rather than, the freest form of it would be a person uh, just walking in the direction, uh, you know, that that they're compelled to by their needs and by their interests and curiosity. Um, the more it becomes like the train, like a like a predefined, <clears throat> um, uh, you know, transportation that takes people from one point to another point, and the more passive the the pa- the students become and they become like passengers, uh, the more that natural motivation or here we'd say like power, you know, to, to move, uh, has to be replaced by something else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, um, yeah. How's the train running? Right. How's right. The train How's running? it moving? Right. Yeah. The students aren't pushing it. <laughs> right. They're right. passengers on it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, so what happens is the teacher is expected to replace student motivation, um, and become, you know, in whatever way, and there's different styles of, of motivating students, and most teachers use a combination of, of different techniques. And we, we've we've talked about these types of teachers, right. you know, the snake charm, right. the, you know, the clown. Right, yeah. yes. And the, yeah, like, I, and some, some teachers use threats, you know, more, right, fear. Right, Some right. teachers yeah. use, you yeah. know, um, uh, uh, promises of rewards, you know, they're able to inspire, you know, the, the hope and... And everything of the, of the students, 
Um, yeah. So, like in the on the train, like if we use this analogy with the train, let's let's use a coal, you know, powered train because <laughs> it leads to the best image, <laughs> I think. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, I like I like the direction this is. Yes. <laughs> so you know, the students are just sitting, you know, passively in their in their seats. Um, part of the teacher's job is to be like a. We did some research, <laughs> you know, about trains, <laughs> and we found that you know right, the porters, the porters yeah. or the you know stewards. Yeah. It may vary from country to country, but uh, there's someone who's it was sort of like an attendant, like on an airplane, which probably more of us are familiar with, like a like a flight attendant, right? Who just tends to and cares for the needs of the the passengers. So a teacher has to do that job, um, and. But another job that the teacher has to do is has they have to go to the part of the train, I don't know, there's probably a name for it, close to the engine or, you know, at the engine where the the coal, I've just seen it in movies <laughs> or on TV, uh, where the coal is shoveled into the, you know, the furnace or whatever to to burn it. Uh, is this a steam engine that, that has coal? Uh, I guess it's a steam Yeah, train. I guess it's a steam-powered train, yeah. <laughs> no one, yeah, who knows... I'm sure an engineer knows. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the coal heats up the water, creates steam. Right. right? Yeah. But someone's got to shovel that. Yeah. Coal. Someone's got to shovel That's the coal. It. And uh, in our current education system, you know, in most schools, um, that person is the teacher, right? Who's shoveling yeah. the coal. Uh, if the teacher doesn't shovel right. the coal, there's no one else there to do it, right? To keep the train moving uh, in the the direction and towards the destination that the uh, the schools have have identified. And now, what's the, you know, so the reason why this is uh, a helpful analogy to me, you know, for this is because, you know, that time that the teacher spends shoveling the coal um, is taking away from the more important tasks of being a teacher. Uh, no, like uh, this, this analogy is starting to annoy me, Sean, but it's good. <laughs> Because <laughs> now, yeah, because well, you're imagining the stewards covered in soot coming down the cards and right, you know, yeah, yeah. But you know what? The whole yeah. the whole being on the train annoys me. So yeah, you know what it is? Is I was trying going to try to explain how like this gets in the way of being you know the porter on the train, but right. I don't even like that aspect of of uh, being a teacher in the conventional school system. So. It doesn't bother me that, you know, like, yeah, so that's where this breaks down is like, I think we have to switch back to reality instead of the, 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 the analogy at this point, right? So the teacher's in the classroom <clears throat> trying to fire up the students, <laughs> right, to learn something that the students themselves have not had the opportunity to develop any kind of authentic interest in or, or identify any authentic need that they have for it. And so the the teacher has to you know, however, right, there's, and there's different ways of doing that, but somehow get them motivated to engage in this difficult task of learning something new um, successfully. Um, Sean, go ahead anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting tired of hearing myself speak, <laughs> which is bad for the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I, actually, this is why we originally tabled the the allegory from the beginning is because we kept getting into it and then we would uh, get stuck in it and then we wouldn't know how to get out of it. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I mean, I I still like it. I, I think the um, the difficulty that you run into, of course, I, I say of course, this might be insightful. This might not be in a court. You, you tell me if it's insightful. <laughs> sure. But the, the specializing of labor, like we've created a system that requires a lot of specialized labor and the educational system. Yeah. And we've basically tried to run the educational system like we run a, a an economy. Uh, you know, you get the, the person that's good at the thing, and that's all they do. And uh, uh, and that's the, uh, you know, that's, this is a basic setup of, of so many industries, and it works fine. Um, but it, it works fine because the people who are doing, who ultimately have to do the most amount of labor in order to, uh, produce the best product, and again, I'm well aware of the dehumanizing uh, <laughs> right. aspect of you know, referring to a student as product, and I don't like it, but I'm just trying to be clear. Uh, the persons who do the most labor have always had an opportunity to be rewarded, not always, I mean, obviously, like, there's been exploitation of labor, but, uh, uh, but like, certainly in the modern economy, uh, you have an opportunity to be rewarded uh, or to negotiate for what your reward is for the labor. And um, and this is a system where we've specialized in order to uh, get uh, uh, people who have to do the work except that <laughs> we've removed their ability to do the work. We're, we're like... You're talking about the students. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Are you talking about the students or the, the teacher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm talking about the students, right. right? So the students, like, the students are not the motive force of the of the educational system. Right. Uh, the adults are. But the students still are supposed to do the hard work, but they're separated from the engine. They're not even, like, remotely close to discussing how <laughs> things should go right. there, uh, nor are they even on in a discussion about you know which train they should be on if a train is even appropriate for their uh f- you know for their direction in life right and so <clears throat> i mean you you, t- you i mean i i can complain about exploitation of teacher labor but i mean really the problem <laughs> the problems is the exploitation of of student labor right uh and the fact that you get anything out of it is i think a testament to the the vibrancy and the generally good nature of young people to trust adults. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. And also, I think a mistake people make in thinking about this is that to say, well, we get results, right? Like if, if things were as bleak as you say, then um, students wouldn't learn anything, right? Or people wouldn't right. learn anything. The schools wouldn't you know, have any positive um, outcomes. But they do, right? And so I acknowledge that, and, and I, I agree that, that they do. Now, I would point out that we don't know how much of those positive results just occur, you know, like by growing up, you know, and being being in a, in a literate, literate environment. Well, and that's part of it. That's part of it, but it's also like that direction of the train isn't like completely like irrational, and so it's going to capture right. a few people's right. interests. right. Yeah, exactly, and and um, and some of the students will have a uh, will that there will be an alignment between what they're interested in and what they're what's prescribed to them, right? And that happens plenty of times, right? Um, right. But and those are the the students that teachers really love, 
it just so happens, <laughs> you know, is when you have a student <laughs> in your class and you're teaching and you don't have to do anything to get them interested in, in what you're doing. You just have to be a source of, of knowledge about that thing for them, right? Like as soon as they see you as someone who can help them uh, with that uh, knowledge or skill, with that, that development or learning that they want to do, they already value you and your relationship with them is very easy, right, to establish. And uh, but that's I wouldn't say the majority of students in a in a class, unless you're very lucky. You know, it, it had to be a very special kind right. of school and, and a situation for that to be the case. But in your sort of typical classroom, typical school, um, those kinds of alignments that happen are are the exception, right? Yeah, and 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 I should say that like uh, the. Uh, the person who doesn't see this or who imagines a docile classroom that's not <laughs> that's not what we're talking right. about like when when the when in, when the interests align the student is engaged and uh, excited to be there right. but like a, a classroom of docile students who are learning things be, be, because they're terrified from expectations put upon them to not learn right uh, that's like that might be a classroom that looks really under control too with a bunch of students who are learning stuff that like really uh, they don't, they're not interested in. Right. But and they've, they've just yeah. got the, they've got the, the sufficient amount of motivation from somewhere to just overcome their internal desires of what they want to learn. Right. Another sort of illusion that might be created is, you know, students, um, superficially learning something and then pr- doing a you know demonstration of that learning on an assessment taking a test and and scoring relatively well uh but the question of of actually benefiting from that learning or that knowledge or, or skill uh in their actual lives or like beyond school is, is still there and, and i think it's a very common experience for students of all ages to uh engage in some kind of in a class or some kind of training that you're compelled to do. It's not because you yourself are interested in it or you feel, you don't feel like you need it. And just doing what you need to do to pass the test and then, you know, being done with that, <laughs> with that learning from that point on. Really, so the only purpose that learning served was to uh, be liberated from that uh, requirement, right? Right. And so here you could say, okay, learning happened, you passed the test, um, you got a good grade, maybe you got the certificate or the degree or the diploma that you needed to move on with your life. But, um, you know, was that effort and that energy and that time that you had to invest in that, it didn't benefit you other, you know, other than like if someone had just handed you that, that diploma or, you know, credit or whatever, you would be just the same as you are, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> except for maybe, you know, you could say there's some kind of character development that happens by being forced to do something and surviving that, you know, right. <laughs> that's the rite of passage aspect that we talked about, you know, before. Yeah, the best spin I could put on what you said is, is that learning led to liberation, but, <laughs> <laughs> right. but, but it's a little twisted because it's learning, uh, led to liberation of a learning environment, right? <laughs> a quote unquote learning environment, which is, you know, that, that puts a little bit of a, uh, a twist on that, um, on that positive spin. Right. Yeah. So I, I think, um, in order to understand like what could actually be possible in a learning situation, um, 
because someone might say, okay, well, if you know the students are part of a group and that group needs to move in a direction, um, then it's got to be powered by something, right? Uh, and so how would you do that? Like, so we have to, if it's a train, I think that's clearly, there's no other way than for someone to be shoveling, you know, the coal if it's a steam powered train. Uh, but so that's why we have to leave the train, right? Like, so we have to imagine being either a stage of the development of our education system that's prior, a phase of it that that's prior to the train, or we have to imagine, you know, like a paradigm shift that uh, allows the education, you know, the, the the learning environment to move outside of the train, and like the the most um, the situation that would be most radically different from the train, for example. But there would be uh, situations in between. This would be one where um, all the students are walking together in a group, right? And let's say they're walking along a road, and the teacher is one of the group, and the teacher is also walking, right? And so you would see that everyone is under, is powered by their own motivation, right? They're actually uh, using their own legs <laughs> to move along the path, and they're you know grouped t- together presumably because they have there's you know some overlap of their goals, and the teacher is one among the group who's not pulling them, you know, uh, uh, not you know responsible for the labor that that you know uh, provides their power. So. <laughs> Yeah, I have to stop myself from because I was going to say it doesn't have to provide their food, you know, so that they have the energy to, you know, to keep walking. Um, yeah. But and then you could think of different variations on this, right? Like if it were more like the train, you would you could imagine the students all sitting in a cart. <laughs> right? Right, right. And the teacher pulling them, you know, instead of having, you know, any kind of other uh, engine, the teacher pulling them. You could also imagine the students, like the teacher in a cart right. <laughs> on some kind of wheeled vehicle and the students pulling the teacher. A chariot. And, uh, a chariot, <laughs> yes. <laughs> a royal chariot. Um, uh, and I th- maybe if we take these two, right, and we think like which one of these is makes the better use of the teacher, right? Um the the like the teacher being in the in the chariot or the cart or the wagon being pulled by the students, or the students being in it and being pulled by the teacher. Yeah, I, right. I mean, I, <laughs> I've, I I felt like I I offered another one. Maybe maybe that didn't take with you. Uh, what which one? What was it? The the sort of the wilderness guide. Uh, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, can you explain? Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean, my. my the way I imagined it was that, like, you would have, like, the idea of teachers is that they, they, they're basically stationed in the places of wilderness that where they're right. have expertise, and students yeah. that come yeah. along and you know want to learn about that have a, a resource there that's like interested in their well-being, uh, to the extent that they need them, uh, but even right. like in terms of, uh, to to you know to not completely. Uh, throw out the trains like part of what some people out there are doing in education is directing students towards like oh are you trying to get somewhere fast are you really interested in like whatever coding or or whatever the latest and greatest thing is well you can get on this transport and you know quickly get over there but sort of have more more precise discrete goals uh, right. Where and and the teacher's expertise is, is uh, so you, you sort of 
spread them out throughout the wilderness. And you, you, what are you after? What are you after, kid? You know, what right. are you trying yeah, to yeah. get from this? You know, what's what's interesting about that, too, is is I think that today maybe it's that is a more um, uh, appropriate kind of way of, of conceptualizing the role of a teacher than it might have been in, 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 you know, previously. And the reason I say that, and this is just like, you know, I'm not so sure about this, but I'm just, <laughs> you know, suggesting it, is that I think really like um, with the kind of learning resources that we have and tools that we have because of computers and the internet, um, really it's a time where you can you can educate yourself about so many things that, that you know, previously it wasn't really that practical, right. you know, to do. Um, and it's a, it's a lot of because... Um, people who are, are good at explaining concepts or delivering, you know, uh, information um, have made videos of themselves doing that, right? Or or created websites or created instructional kinds of tools that um, that the teacher who's there physically present with you doesn't really need to be the one who does that. And in, in, not in every case, right? Yeah. And I think we've always had this because we've always had books, <laughs> you know, like textbooks. Right. And this right. is one thing that, that baffles me really, like as a teacher is that, you know, a lot of effort has been put into designing a book, a textbook that a student can read and understand. It's at their level of comprehension, right? It takes into account what they've already learned and it, it introduces to them um, new things, but so often in the classroom, the 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 mode of delivering, you know, learning is is for the teacher to lecture it, um, and uh, the book just to be used like in a really you know peripheral way, yeah. Um, uh, which you know I don't want to get off into a different uh, topic, but but this really like robs the student of of that experience of trying to work things out for themselves. Yeah. Right. Um, like math is an example. I don't mean to call out, you know, like math teachers <laughs> or whatever. But it's, you know, I, I've thought before, like, what if a math lesson began with just like, okay, open up your, <laughs> and this was, you know, I'm not saying this is that exciting or whatever, but like the actual learning experience that it has is like, take your math book and start reading it and figure out as much as you can yourself, you know? Right. And like, come to me with any, qu- I'm here to help you, right? Like, there's no doubt about that. But I, I'm not going to, you know, spoon feed this information to you to make it seem like you can't, you couldn't just open up this book and read it and figure it out yourself. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, I think that's getting off into a different thing. But my point was like what you say about like the wilderness and the guides who are standing there. To a large extent, that person could just be a, you know, pointing you in the right direction. That person knows the area, knows the, the resources that are available. Um, can maybe it can walk with you, you know, yeah. as and, much and as really, you need. And, and and the 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 work that the teacher would be doing, I mean, because like like let's recognize it's going to be a certain kind of person that wants to do this kind of job. So, yeah. But the work would be less about like taking, you know, being concerned about a a learning objective any given day or a lesson plan, and would be concerned about increasing expertise of right. both how to teach and their own field of study. Uh, right. That's yeah. where the work should be. Um, right. And expertise, for example, on, you know, when people come to this area, right, and they, they start trying to navigate it, um, 
you know, when they reach the limit of their navigating abilities, where yeah. do they do they need help, yeah. right? Instead of just assuming, you know, and mapping it out from the very beginning and, and telling them step by step every single step they need to take, right? Right, which is really inefficient, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Rather yeah. than just say, "Go ahead," you know, I'm here, I'm watching you, right? And I'm going to let you figure out as much as you can, and then when you need me, I'll, you know, I'm here to help you. Right. Right. Now, the problem with that is the standardization, because you can't standardize that. No, you can't. You know, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and that's why you can't be on a train, <laughs> right. you know, <laughs> to do that. Um, and that's where I think people get scared, and, and, and that's where, you, you know, we hear people say, like, that's impossible, you know, yeah. to, that's... Uh, Even though it's how we treat, like, basically all uh, infants and toddlers. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's it's effectively and how, with, we, yeah. how we do things, right? Yeah, and we talked about yeah, like that that the more natural uh, examples, you know, of learning uh, phenomena of learning that we all see and you know, like, and we've all ex- you know experienced. Although our memory of it <laughs> might not be that great, but like learning our native language, you right? Know, for example, right? That um, yeah, it's really it's really a matter of letting the 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 person just absorb everything that they can. They move at their own pace. They, it's done out of, you know, they're motivated by need and curiosity and interest and, you know, enjoyment. Um, and they, you know, they learn. Uh, I think you would have to say, like, this isn't really learning somehow in order to dismiss that well, as and a I powerful think the, example. Yeah, I mean, maybe the, the element to, to add to it is, is that, like, yeah, to go back to the interest of society uh, at large, okay, maybe the environment that they find themselves in uh, has certain like it's, this is Montessori, right? But you you know the environment is prepared in a certain way to make sure that like yeah. if they start going down this uh, oh I want to learn about for instance counting that they're using you know that they end up using base ten <laughs> you know right <It's> like <laughs> you 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 got to have some things ready in place uh, just so that you're uh, uh, it's fair to say that the, the you know society at large. Um, you know, their interests should be uh, expressed right. yeah, through the yeah. prepared environment, but it exactly. doesn't have to be, but, yeah, it doesn't have to be prescripted how a person proceeds through that environment. Exactly. Like, really, how could you avoid, you know, that? Like, someone learning to count in base 10. <laughs> like, even if, you know, like, because the whole environment is structured that way, and it doesn't have to be like intentionally, because the I I guess you know this you know we don't want to get into even though there's a lot of like, value in counting in other bases. It's just you got to right. know that that's how you communicate. Uh, right, but yeah, us. when we're concerned about the practical things, right, uh, not the theoretical necessarily. The, we're not really talking about the theoretical. Like when we're debating, like how school can be and you know and should be and things like that. Uh, the direction that we're coming at it from you know my experience is is always about like students getting what they practically need, right? Yeah. What they need to live their lives and to, you know, uh, be productive adults and, and those kinds of things. Now, there's a whole other dimension, which, you know, I think you and I agree is, is really important. But but just this this practical aspect, I don't think, I don't see any reason to to be anxious about, you know, like, because the environment that they grow up in is going to determine uh, those things, right? That the, the environment in which you're learning is going to determine what you need, you know, what you feel that you need. And also to a large degree, when you're interested in something, it's going to direct you towards the the way that that thing, you know, 
is is being done already. Like if someone's naturally interested in uh, numbers and you know math and calculations right. and things like that. I guess I yeah I guess I was, I was getting too far into the allegory of the wilderness and it just being yeah like, you know wide open. But I guess the wilderness itself, like in that case, that's what they would be learning. You know, like um, uh, yeah. See, this is where the allegory gets. Yeah, to. it's all right. It's all right. I, I, th- <laughs> yeah. I think our point's made. I, I don't think our point's yeah. weakened by the fact that it doesn't line up perfectly with the allegory. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, so back to, yeah, my, so my statement was that the harder the teacher works, the less the students learn. And so this is, this is what I mean by it, is, is the, the more the teacher is responsible for um, motivating, right, delivering and, and producing uh, enthusiasm and interest and curiosity and, you know, uh, fear, you know, even in some cases fear, right, to motivate them and, and desire, uh, then the less students are going to learn because, for one thing, a teacher is limited in their ability to do that. Like if you compare the amount of uh, the or the intensity of motivation that a teacher can create versus the intensity of motivation that that people can naturally have for themselves, there's really no comparison, right? Yeah. And um, yeah. uh, and and also just the fact that the teacher is seen as the one who's doing that means that the students, uh, when they do bring their own motivation, there's a really, there's a high probability that it's going to conflict with the prescribed, <laughs> you know, motivation. And I think this is something we see a lot in schools and leads to, you know, the thanking teachers for their hard work. Right. <laughs> because because the, hard, the work that they've been, you know, told to do conflicts with the you know, uh, natural direction and, and curiosity and interest in, you know, a lot of times of an enjoyment of the students. Yeah. Yeah. So can we, uh, uh we should, I mean, so, so the nuance, uh, I think of your, of your statement is I think well established, but we should sum it up like, yeah, you know, sort of tightly to make sure that it's not misunderstood that, a you know, the expectation is that the teacher shouldn't do anything. It's just they need to right. be doing the right things. They need to be working. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it to the point where it's like it doesn't make as much sense to say thank you for your hard work. It's right uh, because it's not necessarily about that at any given um, right uh, any given success story in education. Um, right. Yeah. They, like for me, for me personally, the way I, the way I think of it is, and this could be where the you know the. Um, the difference is, you know, maybe between me and other teachers, right? For me, the that other work that I can do, which is is increasing my own expertise in in my subject and my knowledge, increasing my understanding and wisdom when it comes to to working with students and and identifying what they need and understanding what they need and you know helping them from where they are. To me, that's not like uh, work. In the same sense as um, uh, writing a managing their, their yeah <laughs> yeah like like doing things that 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 one of the like main goals of it is always to keep behavior under control, right? right to keep, yeah, right. And to keep them moving to in in a prescribed you know direct. Basically, that have to do with controlling them, right? You right. know, I guess it, it, that's the shortest way of putting it. Like the work of controlling students, the work of controlling human beings. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard work, <laughs> you know, 
and it's uh, and we have and, experience you know, the with this because I mean I think every teacher that comes in at first uh, it's easy yeah. to get in the mode of like oh this is your actual job is to control human beings right and right yeah it, it's very hard to have a perspective outside of that without really right. taking some time to reflect on what you're doing as a teacher right right and that's the but the other things like you know uh the other aspects of being a good teacher meaning like the the teacher who you know is there to help when help is needed you know and 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 sort of yeah like more of a guide like you know those are very like enjoyable i would i would want to do those anyway right you know I, yeah. like like that's those are the aspects of teaching that that like really um uh no one has to tell me to do those right or hold me accountable. <laughs> you know, I right. don't need to be held accountable for doing those things because that's why I'm a teacher. Right. Right. But I'm not a teacher to, uh, you know, um, force people to do things that they don't want to do. Right. right? Yes. <laughs> and and this then it all goes towards like how you feel valued as a teacher. You know, all of this. I mean, this this ties into the way that we talk about it. As a right. profession, and really, it's—I uh, mean—I I think anyone out there needs to ask: you know, what 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 are you expecting of teachers? Are you expecting people that have no perspective on things that have like a? Uh, do you do you expect that the 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 subject that's being taught has a canon that has to be taught a certain way? Uh, right, like it, it's like. You know, depending on that, depending on the answers to that, you don't necessarily need a human being. So if you want a human right. being to fill the role, then you have to start valuing what human beings bring to the table in that uh, right. in that situation. Because we're, we're certainly right. in a place, uh, a technological world, where education, as it's as I feel like it's basically prescribed now, does not require... Uh, uh, doing this to human beings, like at least teachers. <laughs> like if you right, want to do right. it to the students, and I guess society, go ahead. I think it's, right, yeah, I think it's right, criminal, yeah. but uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah, it's you don't have to get teachers involved. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to get you don't have to get teachers involved. You don't. You don't. Yeah, you know. It's really, I remember this was this necessary. was you know many this was like uh, uh, many years ago when we were teaching together. Uh, in high school, you know, in the public high school, and I remember it was very early on that that you made the observation to me of how, you know, we could just give them all laptops, <laughs> right? <laughs> it'd be cheaper, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah it'd be cheaper, and and like they'll probably be more entertained, <laughs> you yeah. know, with the right software. Yeah, right. <laughs> they'd be more engaged, and you know, just just get them to set them to it, right? Like, yeah. Um, yeah, put all and, of our energy that goes into training teachers into writing software that uh, plays on the reward system of the right. of the brain, and and you'll yeah. you'll get them to learn all sorts of things by rote. No <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, and exactly how to to perform on that assessment. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, because yeah. the the similarity between the training and the assessment will be you know they'll, they'll be, be almost perfect. identical. Whereas yeah. like yeah, <laughs> whereas like working with a teacher in a classroom versus like filling out you know. Uh, multiple choice questions. <laughs> right, it's individualized. You know, state test. Yeah, you yeah. can program individ individuals with no problem as long as you just right. 
you know. And you know what this this way of the the right seeing tools. education, yeah. Exactly. This the way of seeing education where this is this is such a clean solution to it. Really what it means is that the teachers are the problem. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like if edu- if only education could be done without human teachers, then we wouldn't <laughs> right, have these problems. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, this goes to something else that's like right under the surface for me. But it's like the people who want to be teachers, yeah, they definitely have perspectives that are kind of in tension with uh, a capitalistic, uh, competitive, uh, the, you know, the best should like rise to the top sort of right, society yeah. And, yeah. and so like uh yeah just get rid of teachers if you just don't <laughs> if you just don't like those people because that's where they are they're all in education um right, you right. Know. <laughs> even right. even the ones who don't realize it, they're the ones who are like oh we should I, I should be an educator i can help the kids see how the world is well, yeah, 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 I know you're saying that, but really you're like doing this thing that's a lot better than what the world is. Uh, you're modeling a different <laughs> right. behavior. So. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, John, there's one thing I said that I feel like I, I want to explore if we have the, the, the yes. time, but uh, it, it struck me kind of later. I was like, oh, wait, there might be something to this in our little discussion, and I just kind of... Well, we just kind of ran by it. Uh, so yeah. tell me, tell me what you think of the the thought of uh, um, we're, we're we're teaching the students to value education only insofar as uh, education leads to liberation of further education, right? And yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, and so I, I felt like uh, you know when I when I said that sort of at the time you. Know, 30 minutes ago or so I was like I was trying to put a positive spin on what you had said but now I'm thinking yeah. like that really is what we're doing like that's like the I mean that's not what we're always doing but in a lot of right, times right. like that's yeah. the that's the value that people see in school and that's why they say oh no we need to keep schools going because you know everyone needs to go through that sort of rite of passage where you yeah, understand yeah. that you have to learn so that you don't have to learn. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I agree that uh, that's that insight into, you know, the, the what school is for for a lot of people. And, and I would say this is where, you know, we go beyond, you know, like K through 12 school, which we're typically talking about to... Um, professional training, you know, in a lot of cases, right. uh, college, you know, it applies to um, all these things, which like education is, um, yeah, it's just a, it's just this thing you got to do to get that credibility, right? To get that access to something that, that you want, which is not the knowledge itself, right? It's that expertise, it's that title, um, you know, it's that, you um, certificate uh that license basically to to be someone who can do something or know something and um to get the job yeah i I think the lifestyle right yeah exactly now that's not to say you know lip service is still paid toward the value of the you know um the knowledge itself like like um like for example when i hear these radio ads for getting an uh an mba 
you know, um, at the local university, you know, they say, of course, there has to be part of the appeal has to be something that you are getting something that's intrinsically worthwhile. Right. right? And that's the same thing with school, with, you know, K through 12 school is that there's always this, uh, you know, I could say assumption, but there's some perfect word that, that I can't remember right now. There's always this assumption, um, this premise that this is intrinsically worthwhile for you and this is important for you. But I think in practice, that's not what our actual, you know, the actual relationship between the students and what they're doing is. You know, it's not that they're they're engaged in something that's um, that's actually beneficial to them because if they were, then they wouldn't need to be, you know, controlled and pushed so much and enforced and, you know, it wouldn't or have told, to be incentivized. Or, or, yeah, yeah. Or told that this is valuable. It's valuable to the corporations. Right. right. It's valuable right. to the, the corporate world. Right. Yeah. And that's and really it's valuable. Right? And yeah. that what it comes down to is, is that we've just we've we've made this narrative as though it's valuable for people when it's really it's not. We're, we're saying like it's, it's valuable to companies like that's, you know, that's why right. that, that's why the, the colleges complain about the high school kids not being ready. That's why the companies complain about complain about the uh, the business kids like right now the business majors are like under attack because like uh, it's right. not good enough and it's like well it, it might not be good enough because it's not good enough for the people in it <laughs> you know right. it might not be serving <laughs> right. yeah yeah, the, yeah exactly like like there's an implication there that you know this is what your future employer needs you to have. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I, it's incredibly dehumanizing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That person, that, that entity that's going to use you <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that entity that will grow more powerful on your back. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is what they need from you. So, yeah. you know, let that motivate you for the next 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's, it's really crazy. Um, yeah, there was, there's something else uh, like related to this that, that um, came to my mind. Um, yeah, I lost it. So oh, I'm not going to waste more podcast time by trying to retrieve it. <laughs> but no, I'm sure it wasn't. It, when In trying to retrieve it, it seems more, you know, uh, insightful than probably when I when I remember it. Well, it's uh it's the second time this has happened in in, in three episodes. So we're, we've had a John insight uh, about to come out, and then we can't retrieve it. It's lost. Yeah, it's yeah. lost. So whatever those things were, I'm sure the two of them together are the answers that we all. Yeah, seek. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We'll spend the next hundred episodes trying to <laughs> <laughs> trying to find them. Trying to get them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, are we uh, we good to wrap this one? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel? I feel good. It was just pretty. I felt like it was pretty condensed. Uh, you know, we yeah. packed in a lot there. We'll see how it, you know see how it's received yeah. by the audience. Again, we should yeah we should uh, invite. Any listeners who have any feedback to share it with us. Um, if you already have, you know, your own channels for doing that, then, as Sean said, go ahead and use them. Otherwise, you can email us at unexamineducation at gmail.com. Yes. 
And so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> to the yes. listeners. Thank you to the uh, those of you who send in the feedback. It's it's much appreciated. And uh, and thank you, John, for another great discussion. Yes, thank you, Sean. My pleasure. All right.